0: Mother's Day to all of those that are our mothers here today. I'm excited to be here. For those of you who don't know me, I my name is Jessica. I am the wife of Nathan, who is the pastor here. And when Nathan asked me if I would speak, I said, Honey, I would love the microphone. <laughs> I have been waiting for this moment. To hear you can hear the rest of the story. No, I'm just teasing. No, it is a privilege and an honor to be your pastors here. Nathan and I consider it such an honor, and uh, we are just overjoyed to be here. So, with Mother's Day, I recognize that sometimes Mother's Day it, it can be an exciting day for some, but for sometimes for some people, Mother's Day might be a hard day. Maybe you had a rough childhood. You didn't have a great time with your mom as a kid, and so maybe Mother's Day's not such a happy day, or I recognize that some here, maybe some of you, maybe your mom's already gone on, and so today's the day you remember your mom. Um, some of you are still waiting. You just can't wait to be a mom, and so I recognize that today, today might be a sensitive day for you as you're waiting to become a mom. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, Jessica, I'm 13. I don't want, I'm, I'm not a mom. And we don't want you to be a mom either. So <laughs> that's good. We're good with that. You can just kind of sit and, and, and listen and enjoy this morning. Some of you um, uh, have grown up children, but everybody knows that we need our mom, right? We need our mom. My mom sometimes, you know, Jess, it's cold. Where's your coat? I'm like, mom. I'm almost 40. I'm good. But she's like, I'm your mom. I'm not going to stop being your mom. So we love our moms. We need our moms. But I recognize that a lot of you, and I can't ignore the fact that a lot of you are right in smack dab in the middle of your mom journey, or I guess at the beginning of your mother journey. I don't know if you've noticed, if you don't have a child in the ages of baby to grade six, We have a lot of kids here at Pathway Church. So there's a lot of moms. It's proof. Just walk the halls. We have a lot of moms here sitting here. And that's where I'm at today. And I'm no, by any means, no super mom. I'm still developing as a mom. You may see me someday in a hall with my children and go, wow. Wow. We're all on this journey together. We're still, journeying. we're still, we're still growing. I'm growing as a mom. And so I just thought, um, for those of you who don't know my children, I would take the opportunity to show you a quick picture. My 12 year old son's sitting in the audience today. So I just thought it'd be fun to, isn't he cute? So these are my children. These are the kids that make me a mom. I have Noah here who's 12 and then we have Naomi who is 10. Nathaniel who's seven and Nora who's four and they're very special to me, but they give me the opportunity to become a mom And so I'm so thankful for them Um, You know being a mom is an important job But how many of you can say you know, it's not an easy job moms. It's not an easy job, right? Put your hands up How many people when you had your babies you're like this is so amazing, but I didn't read anything about this in the book You know, remember that feeling, remember that, like, I remember those late night feedings when you're like, oh, the baby's finally back, you like lay the baby back down, and you're like, I've got three more hours to sleep, or like, if your baby was a little stretched, they might give you a little bit more, but I can remember that, and then remember that feeling, moms, when you just allow yourself to kind of drift off a bit, and you hear that cry, remember that feeling? Yeah, and remember that feeling when you've had your second baby and you go, why did I do this to myself again? Right? We get it. You get it. It's a lot of work, and sometimes there's a lot of stuff that goes along with being a mom. You know, you've got groceries, you've got laundry, you've got... We could talk all day about the tasks that we have to do as moms, and sometimes I forget that as a mom, one of what my major goal as a mom is, and Nathan and I, um, as for us, one of the goals for our family is is that by the time that our children leave our home, and that's a bit of a goal, too. We do eventually want them to leave our home. As much as we love them and we want them to feel comfortable and, and love being home, but we do want them to move on and be productive members of society. Amen? Anybody else in the place feel this way? We want that. But sometimes I forget that by the time that they leave their ho- our home, I really, my desire and my goal for my children is that they'd have a faith of their own. That's what my goal is. And you know, sometimes I get so busy and those things, I forget. You know, I was remembering some times, just remembering, you know, trying to prepare. I'm like, I remember some of those intense times. I remember grocery shopping with five kids under the age of earth. not five kids. Lord Jesus. (laughs) Three kids under the age of five. I remember those days. Work with me here for a second. Okay. You've got Nora. Some of you guys are here. You know it. You get it. You are in this intense time of having preschoolers. I had Nora, you know, and you kind of wobble into the grocery store with the three kids. I've got Nathaniel here. Nathaniel, you stay by Mommy. There's cars in the parking lot, Nathaniel. See those cars? You stay with Mommy. Come on, Naomi, we're going to go. I've got Nora in my arms. I'd stick Nora in the front, you know, after I've wrangled with one of the carts to get the quarter out of the cart i have got a baby. You put the baby in. You buckle the baby in. I put Naomi in the cart because Naomi's my peacemaker. So I can kind of stick her in there for at least a couple aisles because eventually I'll have to put the groceries in the cart. Track with me. Ladies, you understand how this goes, right? So then I've got Nathaniel who's on the back, and he's kind of hanging on, you know. Woo-hoo, he's hanging on. I know I've got a couple aisles before this is going to start spiraling downwards. So we get through the produce, and we get to the couple aisles, and then by then Nathaniel's kind of tickling Naomi's hair because he's bored. And, uh, Mom, Nathaniel's got my hair. And I look down, and Nora's got that blasted, you know, the thing you plug in, and she's got it in her mouth? <laughs> yep. This is stressful stuff, right? And then by the time you get that out, you can never wrap it entirely. Why don't they make it long enough so you can at least wrap the thing? You can never wrap it so it's always just hanging. Yeah. You, moms get it. You know, or they're actually, like, chewing on the actual thing that you push. Right? It's stressful. There's intense times as a mom. We've kind of moved through that intensity. And we've sort of moved into the whole like activities portion of life, which I know some of you, the generation that's gone before us, you guys are like, you guys are nuts. You're running your kids too hard. But for some reason, we think that it's a good idea for all of our kids to do a different activity. And I have moments of thinking, why do we have four kids? I mean, they're blessings, but we didn't think through the activity portion of it, right? Two kids and hockey and you're driving and you're busy and you're all over the place. And in those times of intensity, sometimes I forget what my primary goal as a mom is, And that goal is that my kids have a faith of their own. And I can remember growing up in Sunday school, and some of you did grow up in Sunday school, some of you didn't. But for me, I did a lot of time in Sunday school. I um, did junior choir. I went to a Christian school. I memorized scripture. By the time I was 12, I had memorized a lot of scripture. But you know, my faith wasn't my own. But I remember that moment when I was 12 where my faith was my own. And maybe you're sitting here today and that moment comes to your mind. You see, we can sit in church. We can send our kids to Sunday school. But there's a difference between attending church and having a faith of our own. Do you understand? Are you with me? You guys are okay? This is good. You're still still there? Um, It's a difference. And so there's a difference about kids having the faith of our own. So I have to keep my mind and being intentional about those things. And as I um, go about my busy life, I've been encouraged by a story in the Bible. It's not a story that you would normally put together with being a mom. But the story I want to talk about is the story of Nehemiah. And so I'm going to open up my Bible to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And uh, I'm just going to give you a bit of the backstory because, again, for those of you who don't know the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was the guy, and he was a cupbearer. And back then, the cupbearer was actually, it was an important job because it was kind of a line of defense to the king. And sometimes those, if someone was trying to get to the king, they might poison the king through something like that. So he was an important dude, and he was the cupbearer to the king of Persia. And at the time, he heard that his people um the, the the people in judah had been displaced and that the walls of jerusalem had been knocked down and so he went to the king and said king can i go back to judah i want to rebuild this wall and uh the king said okay so he actually sent him back as a governor and he said i give you the permission and the authority you go back and you fix up this wall and so nehemiah went back with an intense purpose that he was going to go back and rebuild this wall and so as he goes back the bible says that he um, He destroyed all the enemies of Judah. And while he was doing it, they kept coming. They were trying to distract him from building this wall. They were like, they just kept coming to them. And so that's where I pick up. Right here in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. So if you'd like to read along, you can. If not, it's up for you on the screen. Now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshep the Arab, or however you're supposed to pronounce those things, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, Although up to that time, I had not set up the doors and the gates. Sanbalet and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Hakafirim in the plain of, oh no. <laughs> Let's meet at, oh no. Okay, but, Nehemiah says, they intended to do me harm. And this is what I want to say, and this is the thing that is kind of, just keeps speaking to me as a mom, keeps speaking to me. Nehemiah says to him, I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come. I cannot come down. And parents, moms, we are building little children, aren't we? Brick by brick, we're wiping noses, we're changing diapers, we're buying groceries, we're doing all the things that go along to be a mom, but brick by brick brick by brick we are doing a great work and we cannot come down and there are so many things that would love to distract us from the purpose of making our children disciples of jesus christ and so many times i have to go back to myself and i remind myself i'll say it to myself i'm doing a great work and i cannot come down moms you're doing a great work let's not be distracted you cannot come down will you say that with me i am doing a great work and i cannot come down will you turn to someone next to you and say i'm doing a great work and i cannot come down Come on, say it to the person next to you. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I cannot come down. Keep reminding yourself of that. So as I was reading some of the stories, I thought, okay, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to look at a few mothers in the Bible, because that's probably a good thing to do. And if you want to be encouraged in your faith, you should go, go check out some of the moms in the Bible. Man, they were crazy radical. Ever think about what it must have been to be a wife of, like, Abraham? hey, honey, I'm just taking Isaac up to sacrifice him. Okay, good. You know, like <laughs> crazy stuff. How about Jesus' mom? Like, I mean, we can't even touch her. She was pretty amazing, but you know, reading that story about Jesus when he was 12, I have a 12 year old. So I read that story again and I kind of got it in a different way. You know, and he's like, well, where did you think I'd be? I'll be in my father's house. Like, are you crazy? We- looking for you for three days you know there's some pretty awesome moms in the bible but the one I, I wanted to talk about this morning was a lady by the name of Jochebed. has anybody ever heard of her you've all heard about her you just probably don't know her name Jochebed. well Jochebed was the mother of moses and i can remember growing up in sunday school i have done a gazillion crafts about Jochebed. ever done the one where you cut the paper plate in half you know glue the paper plate together you stick the baby in flow to make it look like a basket you know the lady put her baby in a basket okay so i read it never even thought of it i'm like oh what a nice story i thought of it as a sunday school teacher i didn't even catch the significance of it until i read it as a a mom so i want to just turn to that right now quickly exodus chapter 2 verses 1 to 10 And again, just a quick little backstory. The way it goes is the king of Egypt. Uh, Joseph had died, and there was lots of Israelites in the land, and the king of Egypt was like, whoa, too many Israelites. They're going to take over. He tells the midwives to start killing the babies, the baby boys. And um, the midwives actually feared God, and they wouldn't do it. So then the pharaoh said, that's it. All the babies are going into the Nile. Crazy times again. But I just want to pick it up and just read it quickly again. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman. That just points out that they were consecrated to God, the Levite people. Um, The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, um, she hid him three months. When When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse this child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Again, I've read that story, I don't know how many times I've read that story, I've taught that story. She put her baby in a river. She put her baby in a river. Sometimes we forget. We read the Bible and we're like, oh yeah, that's good, cool. She put her baby in a river. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? And I, we don't know. Maybe she was doing it because she thought, you know, I just, I want to just give him a chance. And you know, I, you know, when I see, when I've always thought about this story of Moses and Jacobbed, I've always thought of this picture. Like, would you mind sticking that first picture up there? This is what I see, right? I'm like, oh there, there's baby Moses in the river with Jochebed." But, but I thought, hey, I wonder what the Nile River actually looks like in real life. So I, I pulled up a picture of the Nile River. Here's the Nile River. It's a river. And now I was thinking, mm, I wonder what might be in the river. So what's next? Okay, there's the Nile River. I, I'm, I'm a little freaked out by alligators, but like, I don't think I'd want to put my baby in a basket with some alligators. So the next picture, this is really the reality? Yeah. Okay. Jacobed had faith. Now we know that obviously she put him in the reeds and she was she was placing him by but but the faith that she had that she was like I'm just going to believe that God is going to protect my baby. Can you imagine putting your baby in a basket? Pushing your baby off and the feeling as a mother? I mean again, I just, I can't imagine that feeling. But she had faith. And then she sent her seven-year-old daughter. Like, Can you imagine? Hey, Naomi, just follow that basket and see where your baby brother goes. You know, this, this woman had faith, but she, she released him. As she sent that baby off, she probably had no idea that Moses was going to be the deliverer of the people. She probably had no idea that Moses would someday lead thousands of people to the edge of the promised land. That Moses, that baby that she sent in the basket, believing and trusting that God was going to take care of, that he would be the guy that would get the Ten Commandments, which we all, all have been affected by the Ten Commandments. The, the Bible also tells us that Jacob went on and she had another guy and his name was Aaron. And he was the great high priest in Israel. The point I want to make with this is that Jacobed had the faith and she was intentional. She must have put some good stuff in her kids. They went on and they affected nations. And moms, we have that opportunity we have in our hands these little ones that God has entrusted us with. We have the opportunity. We have no idea what's in them. Some days I wonder. I'm like, what are you going to do in the world? What is it that you're going to do? And we just have that opportunity to nurture them and to care for them and to believe God for big things for them. I want to be that kind of mom that's believing for them. Um, Paul makes a mention of, of uh in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, really quickly, he talks about Timothy and he says, Hey Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm sure now it dwells in you as well. For this reason, I mind you to fan into flame the gift of God. And he goes on. But he makes a point of mentioning that... Timothy was really, really affected by his mom. Actually, scholars believe that his grandma and his um, mom probably came to faith under Paul's ministry. And you'll notice there that there's no mention of the dad, and that's probably because they said it's a Greek name. He probably maybe wasn't a believer. Moms, we have a great opportunity to set the stage and to frame, set the framework for our children to meet Jesus. It's a, It's a really great opportunity. And Timothy, we know he went on to be the pastor of the church in Ephesus, which was a great church. It also says that Timothy co-authored 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, and Philemon. And I think that started at home. I think it started at home. The things that we teach our children, they start at home. So I have no idea what time we're at or how much time we have left. Um, I wanted to just, last thing, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 7 one last thing Hear, O lord Hear, O israel the lord our god the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and these words that i command you today shall be on your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise i just wanted to talk lastly about a few things practical things we can do to nourish the faith of our children because we have them in our homes, and we have that chance to do that. Number one, talk about them when you sit in your house. Um, pray to them. It's really good to pray together with your kids. Um, there's lots of opportunities throughout the day you can take. Maybe mealtime is a good time you can stop and pray for with your kids. Um, another time, another thing, I've, I've seen another thing in our church. I've seen a family I went over to visit one day, and they had a jar on their counter, and in the counter... on the the jar on the counter is a whole bunch of names, all the names of the the families here at Pathway Church. And every day they pull out one and they pray for you. Families in this church, we pray for you. And that's an opportunity for you to involve your children in prayer and looking out for other people. In In my house, I have... For those of you who gave me Christmas cards, I have them inside of my cupboard door. I open up my cupboard door, and sometimes I'll just see those pictures there, and I'll just lay my hands on the pictures. Lord, thank you for the Broodin Hill family. Lord, thank you for their amazing boys. Thank you, God, that you're doing a work in their life. If you didn't give me a Christmas card... Sorry. (laughs) I'm just teasing. But that's an opportunity. You know, I tell my kids, when you see that, just remember them. Maybe somebody will jump out at you that day. Just pray for that family that day. Teach your kids to be intentional about prayer. Teach your kids to pray themselves. You know, um, one time I remember I took the kids into Costco. And, you know, in the springtime, they always put that really awesome play set up there and this was about four years ago and the kids were like mom can we buy that play set and i was like ah sorry guys not today it's not really in mommy's budget to buy the play set today and uh, they're like "Well, we're gonna pray and ask god for a play set and i'm like mm. there's my faith right i'm like that's a good idea you pray and ask god for the play set well lo and behold a couple months later nathan was walk was somewhere and this guy comes up to nathan he's like nate you need a playset set for your kids because I'm moving and I'm, the, where I'm moving, they have a playset, and I just need to get this thing out of my backyard. And the kids were like, awesome! Right? <laughs> Teach them to, to pray. Teach them to make their faith active. Let them believe God for something. Uh, another point in there, it says when you walk around, along the road, Teach these words to your children. And I think that kind of signifies as we're going about life, as we're doing life, you know, we're busy. We're going about life. Let it be active. You know, there's different things you can do. There's things you can do in your vehicle. There's times to be intentional. Right now, we do a lot of driving with our kids, and sometimes it's easy to kind of just like, you kind of drive and tune out. Probably none of you do that. But sometimes I have the opportunity. Sometimes I don't because I have a four-year-old who just loves to chat but sometimes there are those quiet moments and there are times that that's when questions will come from the kids. That's when times you can, you can just speak to them about things. How are you doing? Where's your heart? What's going on? Look at God's nature. It's so awesome. One time we got in the van, it was freezing like in one of the really, really brutal cold days this winter. And Naomi was like, mom, look at God's creation on the window, all the frost. I was like, yes, just look at it, Naomi. <laughs> just look at it. No, but we have the opportunity to just recognize God and recognize Him as we're out and about. We have that chance. Another thing we can do um, to encourage our kids as we're walking all along, get involved in a small group. You know, you may think that your kids are just going down and ripping up somebody's couches and downstairs, and they are, and spilling snacks everywhere. But you are purposely making that. You're letting your kids know community is important to us. We're coming and we're getting involved with other people so they can speak into our life. And they might not know that, but you're setting disciplines and you're putting things in practice that are going to help them so that hopefully, someday, when they do move out of your house, they go searching for that themselves, that they get involved in a community that's going to speak life to them. Um, Attend church together. But listen, if I thought that that was going to do it for my kids, please don't think it will. As fantastic as they are and as fantastic as the programming is. And there have been days that my kids come home and they're like, this is what I learned in Pathway Kids today. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, that there are people around who are speaking life and truth to my kids. Thank you for that. But if my kids don't see me following jesus if they don't see me intentionally pursuing jesus i don't think pathway kids will cut it it might help and it's good but i just think it's good to make sure that we are following jesus when we lie down um the last thing there there you know that's a great opportunity at bedtime i I find that it's getting a little trickier as my kids are getting older because noah really sometimes i feel like he should be tucking me in like i'm just like it's bedtime (laughs) come on i'm going to pray and snuggle (laughs) mom um you know it's 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 a great time it's a great opportunity to just lay down with your kids and just just pray that's when this stuff will come out you know my one little guy puts me to shame you know mom can we read the bible together tonight and i'm like we came home from small group the other night of course they know too right come home at like way late and he's like mom can i read the bible to you tonight i'm like i'm sorry you can't read the Bible to mommy tonight. I know, I just, I'm so conflicted. I don't even know what to say about that. But no, it's a really good opportunity to, to read stories together and to just to nurture your children's faith, just to hear their hearts. These are all opportunities. Um, the days are long, but the years are short, right? That's what they tell me. Sometimes I feel like, you ever had that? You're having a crazy moment, and some lady at the grocery store will come over and be like, honey, just enjoy every minute. I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying You know, you want to come and help alone. Sure. You can enjoy too. But it is, it's true. The days are long, but the years are short. And I just want to just encourage you. I am doing a great work. I can't come down. I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. Maybe you're like, you know what? I could be doing a better work. Then this morning, let's just remember our greatest goal is that hopefully when our kids leave our care, that we have, will have done all those other things. Understand we need to love our kids and nurture our kids and, and take care of our kids and all those other tasks that go along with being a mom that we just naturally do. But you are doing a great work. You cannot come down. And and I'm going to encourage you this week in small group when you all get together because there's things that I think that's the beauty of our community is that we can hear things from other people. You can say, hey, when my kids were at this stage, this is what I did. You know, I so appreciate that, about being part of this community here. I remember one time I was standing talking to Paul Hudson out in the, in the foyer, and I was like, Paul, it's nuts. I'm, we feel like we're driving around. He just looks at me with that Paul Hudson smile. He just looks, and he's like, I just enjoyed every stage. You just have to enjoy every stage. We need each other to keep speaking those words of life to each other. We need you to speak those things to us. You're going to make it. You feel like you're not going to, but you're going to make it. You're doing a great job. You can't come down. Moms that have been through that crazy, intense toddler stage, you're going to make it. You will sleep again. Someday. Someday you will sleep again. You're doing a great job, and you can't come down. You're doing a great work, and you can't come down. So be encouraged, Mom. You are doing a fantastic job. Let's just be purposeful. We're doing a great work, and we can't come down. So with that, I'm just going to close quickly in prayer, and then I'm going to invite Nathan to come up and do some announcements. Father God, I thank you so much for all the moms represented here, but for all the families and all the people here today. God, we know that you have put before us a great task as moms and as dads, Lord. You've given us great treasures. And for those who don't have those treasures or who have treasures have moved away or in different situations, God, you've put things before us, Father, that you have called us to do. And Lord, we want to do a great work. Lord Jesus, let us be so laser-focused on the task ahead of us. God, will you give us the strength to do what you've called us to do, Father? We thank you for the opportunity, and we thank you that as we go this week, God, that you'll bless the moms today as they're with their families and those that aren't God. I just thank you, Father, that you're with us and that you'll just equip us to do the work you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.